0: Hello, dear listener. How the devil are you? Do I say that every week? I probably do, don't I? But who minds? (laughs) Who cares? (laughs) Maybe you do. I don't know. Anyway, how are you? I'm, I'm feeling okay. It's been a busy week as always. And I'm sitting here with my right shoulder frozen and tingling things going down my arm, but that's okay. I can still do all the, do all the buttons and everything I need to do <laughs> to get the show on the road. I listened to this piece. This is the first piece tonight. It's quite interesting. And I, I listened to this and I thought, ooh, I bet when the percussionist saw that score, he was feeling a bit delirious. You'll know what I mean. you'd recognise that of course you did it was the overture from Lawrence of Arabia so it's not when we start the show with a piece of music from the movies but we do like our film music here on Happy Classics on Sid Valley Radio and if I got to say who I was when I opened the show this is me Denise <laughs> of course you already know that because you'll have gone onto the website wouldn't you and you'll have clicked on the little link where you've seen my happy little face um and said oh yeah I'll, I'll give her a listen let's see what she's up to and here I am up to all sorts so yeah that's a great piece of music isn't it? and I said the, the, the percussionist with the kettle drums at the beginning of that he thought yeah I'll have some of that <laughs> he went for it big time didn't he or maybe it was a lady I've never seen a lady play the kettle drum so um I could be I think I'm going to place my bets on it being a chap it was the Philharmonia Orchestra there. It doesn't say who the, um, the, uh, conductor was, so I'll let you pick your own. Now, here's someone we don't often see at the beginning of the show or near the front end of the show. And, uh, and it's another overture. Well, that's, that's quite appropriate, isn't it? We've had the overture from Lawrence of Arabia and here we have an overture from Mozart. Now, it's, uh, normally he's such towards the middle of the back end because he's one of our lovely Holy Trinity. And, um, but let's have him tonight. Let's have him up front and center. And we have the, Overture now to Cozy Fantute. Stuff Yannick Keneze Segan was well, conducting the Chamber Orchestra of Europe with that ace bit of Mozart. And uh, well, yeah, what can I say about that apart from wasn't it great? <laughs> so, I don't know about you, it's, it's all uh, its a bit mild out there, isn't it? For, for the first week of October, and uh, apparently, it's gonna be really super duper warm next week 23 degrees, they reckon. Well, good, goodness me, it was that warm in Crete when I was there a month ago. <laughs> I don't know it's all back to front isn't it I don't know I don't know anyway it's uh it's the weather that's all I'm saying it's the weather and now here we are uh beginning of my show and it is dark outside and um and I've got the door closed because <laughs> it gets ever so warm in the studio the bus is going to come in a minute open and say my goodness it's like a sauna in here but I like it warm and I, I like it dark as well <laughs> I wonder if I was some sort of like, you know, bear in a previous life sort of co- cozied up at the back of my cave. Who knows? Who knows? Anyway, I know there's a lot of people who don't like the dark nights uh, or the early dark nights because um, there is quite a prevalence, isn't there, of seasonally affective disorder. Well, I hope you don't suffer with that. But even if you do, if you tune in every Thursday to Happy Classics, I will help cheer you up because not everything's bad when it's dark, you know. So what else have I got? All right. From the beginning, I've had two overtures. Let's go to the end. <laughs> This is the sort of music to play at the beginning of the show because it is a finale. Well, it's Well, whatever, it's just great music, isn't it? Tchaikovsky, and it's the final scene to Swan Lake. Get your tutu on. Always oh, good to the big finish, isn't he? Tchaikovsky, fantastic stuff. That was the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra with the finale from that wonderful ballet. Never seen it. <laughs> Never seen Swan Lake, for my shame. And that was a recording that was made in 2010. Now, it doesn't say who, yet again, it doesn't say who the, um, who the uh, conductor was. So I'm going to say Vasily Petrenko, even though he only took over two years ago with the film. <laughs> So if anybody knows who the conductor was of the uh, Royal Philharmonic Orchestra in 2010, you can let me know. Otherwise, I'm going to say it's good old Vasily. And he was nicked, wasn't he, from the Liverpool Phil? For shame. (gasps) He's a great conductor. What have I got now for you? I've got all sorts. Let's have a look. Oh, you'll like this one. For those of us of an age, is that programme still on the telly? What the papers say? That's it. Anyway, this is the music. Oh, great stuff! What the papers say, otherwise known (laughs) as Sibelius's fine work, the Corellia Suite, and that was the intermezzo, the first movement, and that was the Vienna Philharmonic Orchestra under the lovely Daniel Harding. Now, a minute ago, you might—if you were listening a bit earlier, a couple of of tracks ago—you'd have heard me saying about how I like being cosy and I'm not very good at being cold, and one thing, and my my shoulder is frozen. However, when I go out quite often of a morning, if I get up in time and I'm not too. Um not too wrecked from the night before because I do have this habit of reading till very late (laughs) it's my own fault I get stuck into something and next thing you know it's sort of turned midnight and I've got to be up for work the next day oh my word anyway so um I I can lose myself in stuff I've always read all my life I've, I've loved it and um it's my favorite thing to do and so I can bury myself in something and lose and lose an evening anyway so um so when I'm, when I'm up early enough, I will trot out of a morning. And I've been doing this now for about a year or so. Um, and I should have done it sooner because I never understood my granddad always used to go out for a walk every day. I think, why is he doing that? Why is he going out for a walk? What's the point of that? And then I ended up finding out earlier on this year that actually walking, you don't know, I feel a lot better for it. It took me time. It only took me <laughs> so many years to work it out, but there we go. My granddad was right all along. Well done, George. <sighs> anyway, so, um, So when I'm out, I I have a little circuitous walk around town and I always, always, always take in the whole of the seafront. I go from one end of the prom to the other and uh, and I'm always in awe of the people and you know that are in the water and I'm talking even in you know even in January and I was out in the morning and it was icy and a bit slippy (laughs) underfoot and you had to be fairly careful when you were doing your little trek around town people were actually in the water and I'm thinking my goodness what are you doing to yourself nothing I mean nothing other than the threat of someone to you know killing my children if you don't go in the water we will shoot your sons I would get in the water then but that is the only reason they could shoot me no problem (laughs) I Do not want to go in that water anyway. I've been hearing all these benefits, and a friend of mine came to stay recently, and she was she was in that water even when it was freezing. I'm thinking, on you go, Anna, be my guest. You won't get me in there. And I stood on the side with a nice warm towel and some coffee, so that when she got out, very a, a nice shade of blue. I was there to wrap her up and keep her warm. Anyway, so I've just been reading this, and of course, I'm feeling very smug now because there's this piece in the uh, in the paper this week or the weekend, um and basically, it can it can kill you. Going into cold water can kill you. So there's been, um, apparently, and I read this verbatim, entering cold water triggers involuntary gasping, rapid breathing or hyperventilating due to the shock of sudden immersion, which causes a sudden spike in heart rate and blood pressure. 60% of those who die going into cold water die from the effects of this cold shock response within the first 30 seconds. I mean, I ask you... You put your life in your hands. And when I say, when I say, looking at some of the people in the water, it is mostly, and dare I say this, go on girls, it is mostly ladies of a certain age. And I'm thinking, really? So I'm not going to, you know, if, if one of them was in trouble, I would dive in and save them, obviously. But it couldn't get me going into cold water. And why on earth would you want to get into the sea in England in January? But people do. And I think part of me and my husband, part of me thinks you're barking. <laughs> so if you think any different and you think that I'm barking for saying that, and how dare I have such an opinion? You can text me and tell me, Denise, be quiet, 07565 825041. Or you can email me, studio at uk. And, of course, you can always go back to where you found me when you pinged onto the show and uh, tap in the little box and send me a message, and I will be delighted to ring, out your, ring your message here. Anyway, cold water, not for me. <laughs> I am such a wuss. Shall we get on with some music? Great, wasn't it? It doesn't sound like one of his, but it was Franz Schubert's Symphony Number no. Three in D Major. That was the fourth movement, and that was the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra again. This time under Sir Thomas Beecham. I'm saying this time because, of course, a minute ago when I played that bit of Tchaikovsky and I couldn't say who the conductor was, and we decided to award it to Vasily Petrenko, even though there was no way he was ever going to be there. I see from this recording, which was done in 2011, that was Sir Thomas Beecham. And um, so I would I would put a small bet on the fact that it was the Thomas Beecham doing that bit of Tchaikovsky that we heard a little while ago. So uh, I think we'll give it to him and take it back off fastly because he was probably only 10 at the time because he's very young, isn't he? Have you ever seen him? I whenever I see him, I think to him, my goodness, does your mother know you're out? Because he, he is quite young, look, isn't, isn't he? Anyway, we'll let him off because he's very gifted. Your mother, whether his mother knows he's out or not, he's doing a fantastic job. So, um, oh yeah, this is. Uh, we're, we're not, we're, I was going to say we don't see too many of these creatures about now. Wasps, that is. But given that, given that we've been told that the uh, the temperature is going to be warm next week, they might they might come back out of hiding. Do you know what? I've got a couple of little plants in my courtyard garden that have started to flower again. I'm going, no, not yet. It's not spring yet. No doubt they'll be zipped off. The little flowers will be zipped off. So let's have Andre Previn. I know he said preview. That's what Eric Morecambe used to call him, isn't it? Let's have Andre Previn conducting the London Symphony Orchestra with Vaughan Williams, The Wasps. What a stinger. love a bit of Vaughan Williams. Who doesn't? Well, I'm sure there's plenty of people that don't, but not they don't listen to this show. <laughs> no, we've got a great show. We always do every Thursday here, 8 till 10. And if you can't get enough of me, and why would you? Because it's just great. It's a great show. Isn't it? <laughs> so I'll stop bigging myself up because um, what I will say is that if you want to listen to this show again, you can on Sunday night and you can listen to it forever if you really want to, if you are that sad, because you can download the podcast of the show because our boss... Bob puts all the podcasts of every show up on the uh, website, so whatever it is that you like, um, there'll be something there for you. And you can, and if you can't listen, you know, at the usual time for my show or anybody else's show for that matter, you can download anything and put it on your, your iPhone or your whatever portable musical device that you have. And I I don't. I mean, my my two sons, they can't stand Apple. They think, oh, no, it can't be right from Apple. I'm thinking, I've got an iPhone. I think it's great. But my sons, oh, no, we're, we're having Android. I think it's because I had an Apple phone. They're saying, oh, no, because it's my mother. I've got to have something different. And that's fine. That's growing up, isn't it? Separating yourself from your overbearing parent. <laughs> Not that I'm overbearing. Well. Maybe sometimes. Anyway, so getting back to it, um, then yes, you can download any one of us. So we've got who've we got? We've got loads of people. We've got lovely the lovely April, Mrs High Energy, who does the dance show on a Friday, and we've got Bob, our boss, who does shows most days of the week, and he's got his blue stuff as well. And we've got the wonderful Gavin, six shows a week. My goodness, he works very hard and uh, we've got me I only do one because I'm not as hard working as Gavin well having said that I do have a full-time job and he doesn't um the lovely Anthony uh, we'll have a bit more from him in a minute actually I shall mention him again later in the show he is the the station historian military historian (laughs) I shall mention him later and um yeah it's all it's all good so you can go and have a look and see what you like download us download us take us with you wherever you go we're always happy to go now this is a little piece of music. It's only uh, it's 90 seconds long. It's by Gothic. It's called Tambourin. and it's basically a piece of music for flute. And usually if I'm going to play this piece of music, I throw in, what's his name? James Galway. That's the guy. You can see there, my brain was just sort of froze, didn't you? Um, so James Galway is quite often the guy that I put in for this one. But I found this piece of music, which is, which is really interesting. So it's a lady called Shefika Kuchlua. I think that's how you pronounce it, Kushluer, K-U-T-L-U-E-R. And Craig Ogden, that well-known exponent, Antipodean exponent of the Spanish guitar. And, um, and they're playing this, which is normally, it's normally just a piece of music for flute all by itself, but Craig's going on in the background with this guitar. It's really quite interesting. Have a listen. <laughs> What do you think of that? <laughs> That's an unusual little version, isn't it, of um, Gossex Tambura and Old Craig there. Not only with the strings, but using his guitar as a bit of percussion as well in the background. Very, very interesting. I rather like that. But then I love Craig Ogden. <laughs> anyway, should we move on before we start going on about Craig Ogden because I could embarrass myself. So what have we got now? Oh yes, I've got a bit of um, a bit of Paganini. Well, not really Paganini. It is uh, Rachmaninoff. Rhapsodizing on a theme of paganini I had loads of loads of variations, but this is number eighteen. It's all very good. that but go away go away how very dare how very dare they carry on they should not have done that that was george there so not not controlling the cleveland orchestra or maybe it was the person that did the recording didn't stop it in time and it's nothing to do with me your honor honestly anyway so george Sal was conducting the cleveland orchestra and leon fleischer was doing a fantastic job on the keyboard rhapsody on a theme of paganini by rachmaninoff what have i have got now? I've got all sorts. We're nearly halfway through the show
1: <laughs>
0: and I'm just looking at this. I'm, thinking, I'm just messing with my playlist because I'm just sort of moving things around because sometimes I do this and I always, always, always um, load up more music than I can ever play. And, and I start off with good intentions and it's less than two hours. But of course, I do far too much chat. <laughs> so what I tend to do is I'll load up like an hour and 15 minutes of um, of uh, music and then realise halfway through the show that I've been talking for 15 already and that uh, I've, I've overrun. So I've just had to pull two out. What I end up doing is I end up yanking out music from the, the back end of the show, which is the quieter stuff. And I'm not saying that I don't like the loud stuff at the front. I do. Um, but I always end up with a shorter bit at the back where it's nice and quiet. <laughs> so I've just been playing with the back end of my order, my running order. So, um, I hope it's okay. <laughs> we'll soon find out, won't we? Let's have some hiding. Wonderful Haden's Concerto, Trumpet Concerto in E-flat major. That was the third movement, the finale. And the New York Chamber Symphony under Gerald Schwartz. Doesn't say who the soloist is. So you can say Winton Marsalis. You can say Alison Balsam, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't her. Anyway, picky trumpeter. <laughs> and it's probably some poor bloke who's normally in the, the brass section who just got picked to do with that one, but he did a very good job or she did a very good job. Who knows? Um, but they should have had a credit on that and they didn't for shame, for shame. Well, here we are halfway through the show and how the devil are you? I've waxed lyrical about uh, cold water swimming and, um, all the rest of it. And I, I always bring myself a, a coffee into the office, uh, into the, into the uh, studio to keep me going because, um, Thursday I'm pretty I'm getting to be pretty wiped I mean don't speak to me on a Friday night (laughs) Friday night is my night for staying at home and just seeing nobody because after a full working week and everything else that I do because I I have something going on most evenings well I'm just that kind of girl um so on a Friday that is the time that I generally don't go anywhere don't see anyone and just collapse in a small crumpled heap. (laughs) But Thursday, I'm sort of getting there to that small, crippled heat stage. So I bring myself a coffee in. And the one thing about coffee with me is, and you're thinking, what are you doing drinking coffee at nine o'clock at night? Because I could sleep through uh, a bomb going off. But what I will say about coffee is it it, it sort of does things too, doesn't it? In terms of it it makes me even warmer than I normally am in the studio. The boss has come in and opened the door. I knew he would and propped it open. So I'm glad for my coffee because I've got a nice, warm glow now. (laughs) So, yes, <clears throat> Shall we move on from my my thermoregulatory system, which has its moments? Should we go in, should we should we join the pre- procession? Yes, let's join this procession. It looks like a nice one. Is making a bit of a racket in the background, so if you can hear something going on, it's not me, Your Honor. <laughs> so that was, um, I did say we were going to be joining a procession, and that was the procession of the Sadar, which was great, isn't it? Ippolitov Ivanov, what a great name! And we hear this it's the Soul of Russia Philharmonic Orchestra. Who knew? Who knew there was such a, such an orchestra? There you go, Soul of Russia Philharmonic Orchestra. It doesn't say, and I don't know what it is about what I've picked this evening. There's been three or four pieces where I've had to scrabble around looking for the, uh, looking for the uh, conductor. I have no idea who conducted that piece of music. I have no idea. I've even been trying to look them up on the internet. The Soul of Russia Philharmonic Orchestra. They are a thing. They are a thing. But it doesn't. It doesn't say anything. What have we got here? No, it doesn't say. It doesn't say anything about who on earth the conductor is. Which is a shame, really, because he probably did quite a good job there, don't you think? (laughs) Shall we move on? Beautiful, isn't it? That's the second of our Holy Trinity there. J.S. Bach, who else? Concerto for two violins in D minor. Isabel Faust and Bernard Fork, as she spelled F-O-R-C-K, so not Fork as in what you use to eat your dinner, uh, Fork, uh, were uh, performing alongside the Academy for Alta Music Berlin. And I do believe that Isabel Faust was conducting the orchestra from the violin. She's just that good. So here's a cute little piece and I'm going to have to mess around with my little, um, my decade because this this is a very quiet piece. If I start playing it and you don't hear it, it doesn't mean that I'm not here. It just means it's a very quiet piece and I'm going to have to turn it up and frighten you. But it's a cute little piece by um, Strauss. It's called the Pizzicato Polka. I do like a pizzicato. Well, what did you think of that? It was quite cute, wasn't it? That was the Vienna Philharmonic under Willy Boskovsky. What a great name. <laughs> oh, I do love these names of all these foreign people that, you know, they're just lovely, aren't they? Germans, Russians, everybody else, a few Americans thrown in. Just love it. I'm quite jealous, actually. <laughs> anyway, uh, the Pizzi Polka by Strauss. But in for the movies again now. We started off, didn't we, with Lawrence of Arabia. Nothing quite so lively now. This is a lovely piece. I just, this is great because it's the opening piece of music to one of my favorite fantasy films, Lord of the Rings. And, um, it's called Concerning Hobbits and Howard Shaw does a great job. If you couldn't even if you didn't know what a hobbit was, you could imagine them from this. That's gorgeous, isn't it? Lord of the Rings, there, and Howard Shaw was conducting uh, the soundtrack orchestra for that lovely piece of music. Time to roll the carpet back now <laughs> and have a little waltz. Why don't we? And this is uh, this is this is from an album called, you know, something like British light classical music. So it's it's in the sort of the uh, the Ronald Binge sort of idea, but it isn't him. It's uh, Vernon Handley is conducting the BBC Orchestra, and it's this is the Westminster Waltz by Farnan. find yourself swaying from side to side when you hear a waltz don't you I certainly was and I didn't reel back the carpet because there's not enough room in the studio to do a waltz not least because the only person I could waltz with is the boss and I'm sure he'd be very good but his legs are very long and I'm very short so that wasn't going to happen was it what, what was that what, what was that boss no. no no that was definitely no no he was can you not waltz yes. yes he can waltz but not in here because there isn't the room and he's six foot five and I'm five foot one. Are you six foot five? Six foot three, which t- everyone looks six foot five to me, even if you're only five foot four, because when you're five foot one, everybody's tall.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: oh anyway, as I said, BBC Concert Orchestra and uh, Vernon Handley conducting. You could hear the Westminster Quarters there, couldn't you? Shall I get on with some more? Ah, yes, let's have our third and final member of our Holy Trinity. Everyone knows this piece of music. If you ever, ever, ever did any piano at all, I can almost guarantee that your piano teacher would have made you have a go at this. Beethoven's Bagatelle Number 25 in A minor, better known as the Ferreli's. Everyone's played it. If you've ever done a piano lesson in your life, your piano teacher will have said, have a go. I think I had a go at that as well. Uh, but it, it's not my favourite piece of Beethoven. I much prefer his piano concerto Number 5, but there's no way I could ever play that. I might be able to have a quick go of the Ferreli's. I could probably knock it out, but I couldn't do the, uh, the fifth piano concerto, which is one of my very favourite pieces of music. I haven't played that for a while. I must line it up a show soon Bella Davidovich another great name honestly these musicians are oh, marvellous I'm sure do they make them up do they make them up these amazing names for these musicians anyway the lovely Bella which that's what it means isn't it beautiful so there she was doing a fantastic job it's, it's very hard to play a simple piece of music like that and make it sound as special as she does but she did it. really fantastic job there so I, do you know what I've got a sneaking suspicion I either played this next piece of music recently and either didn't finish it or played it all the way through. But if I'm boring you, let me know. <laughs> but I'd play this one every show if I could. I think it's gorgeous. It's a choral piece, but it's really, it's a piece for strings that's been remastered or re-scored for, for voices. And it's Samuel Barber's Day, Dei, uh, which of course is his adagio for strings. Now, what I find amazing about this, Votis to singing it, and they are just the most phenomenal, phenomenal uh, ensemble when it comes to singing. And there's two voices that really do it for me. And one is the very top soprano that you can hear. But underpinning the whole thing, the whole foundation, listen to the bass. That's just amazing, isn't it? I would kill for a voice like that. And you just have to think, when you, with that, that first opening bar, when you've got the high the high soprano and the very low bass, and you can hear that resonance in that gentleman's voice, absolutely outstanding. We were, we were doing our singing last night, and um, we, we knocked out a tune, which was amazing, and the last chord of it. If you do come to our lovely show on the 9th of December... In the parish church, you'll hear it. It was just the most fabulous final chord of a bit of um oh, thank you, Luna. Uh, Bullard, just amazing piece of music. So, let's have something um romantic now, or well, why not? Romeo and Juliet, Those star-crossed lovers. It's a shame, but anyway, it's still a lovely. Well, beautiful love story, um, even though it ends in a bit of tragedy. <laughs> this is supposed to be happy classics. I'm so sorry, folks. But here's the introduction, <laughs> Prokofiev's ballet. Oh, that's beautiful, isn't it? That's the introduction when things are all very nice <laughs> before it all goes a bit pear-shaped later. <gasps> the Boston Symphony Orchestra under Sergei Ozawa with the introduction from Prokofiev's Romeo and Juliet. Let's stay. Let's stay with that happy couples, happy for the time being couple thing. Did you ever see the film Ghost, which was about love transcending death as well? Just beautiful. Great film. Patrick Swayze. Mm, now there's a chap. He was a trained dancer, wasn't he? he was and an everything. He was really very good. Anyway, so and didn't he die really young? He's died, hasn't he? Yeah, good grief, far too young. Anyway, here is the main theme from Ghost, um, penned by Tolga Kashif, and I do believe he's also conducting the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra. <laughs> That's beautiful, isn't it? The theme from Ghost by Tolga Kashif, who was conducting the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra himself. I love a ghost story. One of the very first books I downloaded to my Kindle, in fact, the very first book I downloaded to my Kindle when I got it, my first Kindle, some many years ago now, was um, A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, which, of course, features... Four ghosts, isn't it, if you think about it? You've got the ghosts of uh, Christmas today, tomorrow and yesterday, and also uh, his business partner, Marley. I just love that story. And I was listening to it quite recently. I think it was, I was driving back from Birmingham And, uh, I downloaded it on an, on an audio cast and I just listened to it all the way home in the car. It was great. (laughs) Because it's quite a short story, isn't it? You can read it in, you know, in short order. To be fair, I am a very fast reader. I know some people. Uh, don't particularly like reading, and they find it difficult. And uh, and I feel quite sorry for people that uh, do have dyslexia because it, reading is a chore for me. It's always been a pleasure, and um, but thank heavens now we've got so many options, don't we, for audio listening for for books and podcasts and everything. It's fantastic. I'm list. I'm trying to listen to loads of stuff at the moment, and I just cannot find the time to do it all because I do a lot of reading, as I mentioned earlier on. But when I'm sort of in the kitchen doing stuff, where I can't be sitting reading a book, I'm listening to something and um and there's gosh there's so much great content out there you'd have to literally to do three million wouldn't you to, to be able to hear what you what you want but uh you've got to be you've got to be circumspect don't you and have to work out what it is that you really really want to listen to and if you with all the content that is there is out there if you are listening to my show thank you for prioritizing me i do really appreciate it and uh and i do love my listenership and some of them text me because some of them are friends who uh who are listening and some of the people who are i, I don't know text into the show and uh it's always lovely to hear from you so um carmen yeah biesay he didn't know how popular this was going to be sadly because he died shortly after it's uh, came out but um it's only quite lively and i was i was down i was trying to download the prelude to act 3 and uh, it's a good job I listen to my show in bits and pieces before I put it out there because I accidentally downloaded the Prelude to Act 1, which is like did, diddle, 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 and that one, you know, the one. Well, you can't have that at this, at this end of the show <laughs> because it's just too loud. But the Prelude to Act 3 is something else. Just so beautiful, isn't it? The Paris Opera Orchestra under Myung Won Chung. Now, I did mention a bit earlier on that um, the studio or the station's historian, usually military historian, um, the lovely Anthony, who does the the jazz show on a Wednesday, had contacted me earlier on this week with some information. And I thought, oh, I, I never knew that. I never knew it. What didn't I know? I'll tell you what I didn't know. I didn't know that today was um, the day on the 4th, well, actually yesterday, the 4th of October, 1957, the first satellite, Sputnik, was put into space. And, uh, of course, it was a Russian launch, wasn't it? And do you remember there was that uh, 1960s tune called Telstar, da, 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 another one. But, obviously, this is not a 1960s musical show, so I'm not going to be playing that. But I will bring this piece instead, uh, which is a piece, of course, it's going to be by Holst, isn't it? The planets, because they're satellites too, aren't they? And at this end of the show, it's got to be Venus, doesn't it? The bringer of peace. Beautiful, isn't it? The Bringer of Peace, of course, Venus from Hulse Planet Suite, the London Symphony Orchestra conducted by Sir Malcolm Sargent there. Which now brings us to our last piece of music for the show. And it's only one minute and a half seconds long, or thirty seconds long, and I'm still not going to hear it all because I've been doing far too much chat. It is El Noy de la Maro which is a a lovely tune, a Spanish tune. Very traditional and Michael Truster is going to play it. The mother's son. And of course, being the mother of two sons myself, this is for them as well. So all I have to do now is say enjoy this for the next 40 seconds and I will hopefully see you next week on Sid Valley Radio for more happy classics. Good night. Mm -hmm.